Hello, Valdosta. This is a Let's Talk Valdosta podcast with Shara and Marcus. And today our special guest is our fire chief, Brian Batwell. Welcome, Brian, to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. He's also a comedian part-time. <laughs> yeah, part-time most of the time. <laughs> well, um, first of all, we we welcomed you to the show. We, I don't think we've sat down on a podcast with you. I'm Have glad we? you brought that up. <laughs> I was going to, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to be the first one to say it. But like two years ago, you mind doing a podcast? No, I don't mind at all. And then and I crickets. Think, yeah. Well, yeah, the world happens. Uh, I, kind of, I guess y'all like we went through everybody. We have to ask. <laughs> yeah, but we apologize for that. No, Not it's okay. You it's okay. You're a very important part of the Valdosta family, and right. we, we feel really bad for leaving you out. <laughs> but um, let's talk a little bit about um, the Valdosta Fire Department. Since we haven't have you had you on, let's let's start with the basics. Um, Let's talk about yourself a little bit. Um, how did you begin at the Valdosta Fire Department? You know, that's an interesting story. It, it's probably too long for today. But, um, you know, I was attending Valdosta State, and I got started in a volunteer department over in uh, neighboring county, and just as uh, a buddy did it, so thought I would do it. I fell in love with the fire service, and, and was an, I was an accounting major, if you can believe that. Don't tell Chuck Dinkins, but uh, I was an accounting major, and uh, well, I was a yeah, I was a couple different majors, but none of those worked out, and so um, I really fell in love with a fire service, and kind of tried to do some bargaining with God on, you know, I I really want to make a lot more money than this, so if you'll let me make money, you know, maybe I can volunteer or do something. So really, wasn't his plan. Um, so I started applying at different departments. Valdosta really wasn't hiring at the time. And then six months to a year later, Valdosta had a, had a hiring. And February 12th of 96, then I ended up as a Valdosta firefighter. Yeah. And, and you have worked your way up mm -hmm. to being a fire chief. You have been the fire chief for how long now? June will be four years. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess... What's it like to be the fire chief of the Valdosta Fire Department? Well, you know, I, uh, you, yeah, I tell people you, you have to, you have to really figure out what validates you. So professionally, what validates you in 1996, February of 96, what validated me professionally was responding to fires and making a difference. You know, I really didn't like for bad things to happen, but I did. I did enjoy that part of the job, and as you move up through the ranks, you have to change your validation. That's not really part of my job anymore. I have some great men and women that take care of that. So my validation has had to change, and so that's really making sure that we uh, continue the, to provide the service that our customers are ex expect, you know, and we maintain that fiscal responsibility with taxpayers' money. and. And then I'm a numbers guy. I don't know if that's a stem from the accounting thing, but, uh, you know, people will ask, you know, how do you know how well you're doing? And so we, we do a lot of analytics and, and we use, use those as a report card, so to speak. So to answer your question, my validation now comes from being able to, to justify and get, get the things that my folks need to do the job that they do. Cause they're great. I mean, they're, 
they do a really good job and I'm not saying it just because I work there. I'm blessed to work with the folks that I do and um they're very passionate about what they do. They are. They're they're really they really are and the the professional um presentation they have. I mean and I told them I wish I could tell you all the compliments I get on you. But uh anyway, I could brag on them all day. They they do a really good job. They're very passionate about what they do and so when i'm when i can get them the things that they need to continue to do that job or or you know get to uh provide things for them that's that's my new validation and so that's that's the uh that's what it's like <laughs> now um the fire service has changed a lot since you first came in uh, how has this department as a whole adjusted to those changes over the years well, we don't have horses anymore, <laughs> but uh, no. no, you're right. Um, you know, they, fire, they say the fire service makes full circle, and so some of the things do make full circle, but it, it's it's amazing. Uh, chief Alan Brunacini was chief of Phoenix, one of the most innovative fire chiefs in the nation probably in history, and he said, firefighters don't like two things. That's change and the way things are. Uh, so we, we make have sure. it both ways. That's right. So we make sure that we – Va uh, validate what he said every day but we do we do go through a lot of changes and um and we have to and with that being said you know i think human nature is nobody really seeks a lot of change yeah but mm -hmm. our folks uh about fire they considerably speaking you know when it's presented as this is what we do and we show how it's going to improve efficiency or it's going to improve safety or it's going to the benefits of it mm -hmm. then they accept it a lot better and 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 they kind of roll with the change better than what probably most people could expect okay now you were bragging majorly on your <laughs> your men and women of the department earlier uh i think there's sometimes a misconception about what those guys do every day mm -hmm. um can you talk about their schedule you know during the week what they're doing yes that that is a huge misconception because you know most of the time when when the community interacts outside of an emergency maybe it's in the fire station or maybe it's when they need to they're at a grocery store or something like that so the perception could be well you know they they left the station to get to the grocery store which is not true at all um they they have a regular work schedule so they come in at zero eight they clean their house. They make sure their equipment squared away, and it's it's mission driven. So mm -hmm. that that's the first thing is is what's our mission and making sure we're squared away for that. Um, by nine o'clock, they're on the road and they're they're scheduled. They're training or duty assignment. And the duty assignment, uh, for example, right now is pre-fire planning. So businesses see them come through, and they'll ask you know to to come in the business, evaluate the business, put a put a uh, floor plan together. And then just identify hazards, and that's that's different than an inspection. Yeah. Uh, and I want to make sure that we clarify that. That's not a fire inspection or code kind of thing. This mm -hmm. is we're looking for things that would benefit us in the event of an emergency. Mm -hmm. So hazards, uh, oxyacetylene in a shop, that's something we need to note. Um, doors and different things that would help us in yeah. the event of an emergency. I mean, obviously, it would be it's, it's important if you know that building before you actually have to go into right. it. Yeah, so related to sports, can you imagine you have a football game on Friday and you have the opportunity to go out and, and look at the other team's playbook mm -hmm. and, and watch their plays and actually kind of 
visualize what you're going to do Friday against this team. That's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, in the event we have a fire in this building, what's probably going to be the cause, what's going to do, and then learning the dynamics and just really learning that building. And then we get to document that. So in route, pull it up on the computer, and we have the playbook. Yeah, there's there. You guys are constantly preparing, like like you said, the pre-fire inspections and and training. Uh, the training you guys do, I don't think people quite understand it. Yeah, just the other day we were at that live training burn. That's something that's not every day, but you guys are always training. Right. Um, you know, and 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 that's another thing. You know, we we get in when we talk about training. So many times outside of this setting, we talk about well. ISO requirements, state requirements, continuing education hours. I'll be in Savannah at a Chiefs conference next week getting my continuing education hours. There's more to it than that about Ostafire. And, and, you know, it's a paramilitary organization. And so, you know, I I look at a lot of military leadership books for for guidance because if you can convince an 18-year-old to leave uh, an armored vehicle, take cover, return fire, certainly I can teach it. 18 year old to catch a hydrant and fight fire right so so there's a lot of good tips come from that and and in military training they don't go we're going to execute this drill and okay we check the box we've got it and so we can't do that either mm-hmm. and so you train and you train and you train then you determine what could go wrong and you train until you you can overcome that yeah and so a lot of it becomes muscle memory. I learned that when I got off the truck for a little while and then I got back on the truck to help out. I realized how much of it was muscle memory mm-hmm. and how much of that goes away with birthdays, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but that, that's just how efficient they are. I mean, there's things that come natural, and I have a, I have a better appreciation of that now. Because you're not doing it every day. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I help, I fill in, I'll get on a truck. I have a, a, a true appreciation of what they do every day. You know, we run close to 5,000 calls a year, with a, a lot of those being fires. Mm-hmm. So other organizations say, yeah, we run, you know, 10,000 calls a year, 90% of those medical. And, and I truly respect that. We're running 5,000, a lot of them being fires. So fully geared up, executing fire suppression. So I do have appreciation of how much of that is a muscle memory, how much of that comes natural for these folks that do it every day. I want to add to that because there is also another misconception about how your department correlates with EMT. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so we've we've dabbled in uh, emergency medicine my my entire career. Probably I was on when I came in, we were probably just starting, and we did we assisted, but CPR was basically almost the extent. It was we were starting to get into the EMT level. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an organization, we stayed on the medical first responder. The, the And so as time went on, some of our personnel also worked for EMS. In fact, gotcha. I ended up working for South Georgia Medical Center 16 and a half years on an ambulance part-time. And so that relationship really evolved between fire and EMS during that time. And those folks do a great job. They just run a lot of calls. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's not enough of them. It's just, it's right. It's taxing. So, I mean, to be honest, you know, if we, it's, if, if an ambulance was called to every single incident that required an ambulance, then there's plenty. Mm -hmm. But, um, you, there's a lot of calls that don't quite need an ambulance. 
probably not quite as emergent. Yeah. yeah. So, so the educational piece of that, you know, a lot of folks are working on. But um, in the meantime, you know, we've been able to really supplement SGMC. And then last year, uh, in May of last year, we, we applied for our license through the uh, office of, state office of EMS. And so we're, we got our uh, medical first responder license as an agency. And so what that means is we're now, for the first time in history, is about us to fire slash EMS agency. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not a transport agency, and we're not by any means saying that we're, we're doing the uh, EMS work of South Georgia Medical Center. We simply just supplement what they have. Yeah. And so the efficiency to our, our customers is, is something that it, you can't really explain. The interoperability, the same equipment. And so when we initiate patient care, and then the medics get there from South Georgia Medical Center. We blend in together. We may be driving the ambulance in for them, but we continue patient patient care, and it's it's really a great partnership. Now, um, to move on to other subjects, um, we have a, a big day coming up on Friday. Uh, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about what's going on on Friday? Yeah, so we, we recently received the uh, a new apparatus, um, and, and this truck. I By mean, apparatus, you mean fire truck. Fire engine. <laughs> oh, my. Uh. A brand new fire apparatus engine, <laughs> a.k.a. pumper. Um, really blessed to receive this piece of equipment. One of the things that I think has been overshadowed in the fact that we're getting a new truck is this is a demo. Um so what's that mean? Because most of us think of personal vehicles with a demo that, you know, a, a salesperson drove it or whatever, and that's not the case with the fire engine. But it was already on the line being assembled, and uh, it it was really close to specifications, and we got a call and quick action of our, our city leadership and our elected officials. We were able to, to get that voted in to, to approve that purchase. Now, let me tell you how close that was. Our council approved it i stepped in the hallway and made a phone call saying that we want the truck yeah. had any department called prior to our call they get the truck mm -hmm. so that's that's why i'm very thankful for the quick action of administration allowing us to get on the agenda and then of course council um and their actions of approving that purchase that brought the truck in and so um, what that means, the build time is two years out. Now, some manufacturers are three years out on wow. engines. So, yeah. So I think that's very important to mention. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went to Alabama a couple of weeks ago and did a final inspection on the truck. The truck looks good. They had a few things to do. We bring it in. Of course, we're getting equipment put on it. Chief Herpin's our logistic chief. He's working daily on the truck, getting it ready for Friday. And so Friday we'll be having a push-in ceremony. And that's a tradition, fire services, in in honor of the days of the horse-drawn engines when they had to physically push the engines back in the bay. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll be doing a push-in ceremony and inviting the community out Friday morning to help us celebrate in not only a new truck, but to me it's special because of the quick action of everybody being willing to really, really trust me yeah, and, and it trust, was a full city effort to get it, this truck. Here. It was a lot of trust and a lot of we need it, and 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 so to get that truck. And what we're looking at is we had a six months wait, six month wait time. We have two more getting built. We're still like a year and a half out on those. Mm -hmm. So very important that we that I don't, I don't brush past the fact that this 
this was made possible by other people yeah. seeing the need and, and acting quickly. So um, with that being said, it's Engine 8. It'll be in, and uh, we're going to run it out of Station 1 for a little while. Um, I'm excited. I can't wait to see that truck make its first run. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully Friday we'll yeah. see that happen. So, so that, this is going to be Engine 8. Um, we currently have seven stations at the city, um, and they're strategically placed within the city. Correct. How do we decide where those, um, where those um, stations go? I like what you did there. So, <laughs> seven stations, engine eight. So, uh, I do hope that uh, we're able to to move forward with a station eight. And so, first, I do. You know, I start I start analyzing a need because I do have a uh, I do have a responsibility to be fiscally cha uh, fiscally responsible with yeah. taxpayers' money, and and that's one that I don't take lightly. Yeah. Um, as a taxpayer, yeah. you know, yeah, we all are. I like, <laughs> I like to know where it's going. So, first thing I do is I identify a need, and so, um, you know, and, and if you're if you're a resident, you know, your insurance gets graded on that five miles from a fire station, thousand feet from a hydrant. hydrant. You get the class one rating. I mean, you're, you're that's the highest you're going to get. Um, but when I'm evaluated as, as a fire department, they look at mile-and-a-half response for engines, two miles for, for ladders. So that's one of the first things I do is just look at geographic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've, we've expanded on the north end, out the Bemis Corridor, yeah. North Forest Extension Area. Have those little pockets up there. Right, we do. Um, so then I start looking at response times. You know, I'm always saying, you know, our door to yours in five minutes or less, mm -hmm. and if not, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. And and we're looking at that so close. We got a new analytics program that it's real time, and it it I can tell you know how fast we're getting out of the house. I can tell how fast we're getting to these these calls, and with the preemption devices in town, you know that's improved as well. But that area on the north end of town, we're still eight nine minutes sometimes. And uh, even though that's not a bad response time, that's that's not the service that we're accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the second thing that that I start looking at and analyzing. So we we use our folks at RDC South Georgia Regional Development, and uh, they use the GIS programs and did maps. I have enough maps I can cover this room, but <laughs> four minute response times, the mile and a half, the five mile, the two mile, the um, and then you know you guys get my monthly report, and we're starting to see more and more calls, more and more calls for mm -hmm. service in that area. And then, you know, the other thing we have to consider, too, is it's a very concentrated, high-traffic area. Absolutely, going up the yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, So us going into that area, you know, it's like Atlanta. You mm -hmm. know, going into Atlanta in the mornings is terrible. Getting mm -hmm. out yeah. of, going out of Atlanta is not so bad in the yeah. mornings, right? So, um, you know, being having to have those services up there in, in the midst of that, and that's our – that's our service members usually up there that's populating that area that's serving serving our country out of Moody. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're near and dear to us as well. So we start looking at our jurisdictions, start looking at our needs, start looking at our response times, and and use all of the analytics together to determine exactly where the best location is to put another station. Yeah, I want to kind of add on that because this is becoming one of my pet peeves now that I live on the busy side of town. Um, can you emphasize the importance of, you know, citizens moving out the way when they see emergency and fire trucks? <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah. 
Because when I see that, I'm like, I'll look and I'm like, people really are not moving out the way. And it's really important that they understand that you have to move out the way. Like, it's just not a a negotiable. That's a huge society shift, too, you know. So I'll answer the question first. You know, everybody should be learning to merge Mm -hmm. to the right. We pass on the left. You know, people stop. That's not good because we have to negotiate. Just just merge to the right. And and that's a society shift thing. Mm -hmm. Um, In most all of the 9-11 speeches I ever make is just amazing. Post 9-11, you know, everything just stopped. Even people on the street stopped. Right. Just to watch. And and the respect for, for people that are responding was, was just unmatched to anything else in my entire career. Mm-hmm. As time goes on, we start forgetting those things and our worlds get busy. I get that. Cars are more energy. Uh, I'm talking about houses now, but they're airtight. Yeah. Um, Got better radio systems and those kind of things. It's I'm sure that doesn't center. help. Yeah. yeah. So, so I get all that, but yeah, if we just remind folks just to merge to the right, yeah. stop, let us get by, then then go on about your business. Yeah. It would help us out. Yeah, <laughs> I see that issue all I see a lot, the time, especially in the area I live. I see yeah. it a lot, and and I think, and I don't know if people just freak out, or if they're in one of those if you're on a five lane road where it's you've got a turn lane in the middle and two lanes yeah, it could be going tricky. both way yeah. and but everybody just move as far to the right as you can and get out of these service you know so police fire and mm-hmm. ems can get to because they don't have that lights and sirens on for no reason right. but i do agree with you i do think there's a gap in that because i know back in the day when i learned how to drive a long time ago there was such an emphasis on that <laughs> whatever there was a big emphasis on moving you know merging out the way and now it's like i don't know if that educational part is still there for new drivers yeah that's a good question and i don't know that you know i think it it is a lot new drivers but i've i've ridden with your guys i've ridden with chief manahan's guys guys and girls and i've seen it in both for police and fire and i know it happens for ems too Mm -hmm. yes for sure Um, but that's just something that we as citizens have to do to have to acknowledge, hey, these people are going to an emergency right. when they got that lights lights and sirens going, and we need to do what we can to be good citizens and move out of their way. I agree. <laughs> um, but sometimes it might be a fear factor too. I know there's been times where I'm like, oh my god, they're right behind me, and I was like, where did I go? And then so it takes me a second to realize, okay, let me move yeah. out the way safely, not cause another right. accident. So. Well, um, we've been going a good little while here. Is there anything else you want to know? What you want to tell people about what's going on with Valdosta Fire Department um, and and what you guys do, or or maybe something you're really proud, proud of this of? past year? Yeah, there's so much. Our um, ISO. Yeah, our <laughs> ISO. Uh, I'll be I'll be hanging on to that for a while. You know, it, it's it's remarkable again what our folks have done because you know. We kind of got passed over, like we, you know, maintained class one. Congratulations! But I think that it it is worth mentioning that we maintained class one, but we also improved our score. Yeah. And so that doesn't come that doesn't come easy. Um, there's a lot of hard work. Our folks did really really good. Uh, our our communication center, Lowndes County Communication Center, is unmatched. I mean, mm-hmm. that they don't get enough recognition, and right. I and I think that. Uh, that I mean, just I, I talk to other people, other chiefs across the state and, and other areas, and, and there that's a phenomenal group down there yeah. on Madison Highway. And, and, mm-hmm. 
and I said dispatchers as a whole, I know I got way off subject, but dispatchers as a whole, you know, they're in a building, got a small window, receive information, process information, send it out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I never thought about it till I heard one of them say, it's like watching a movie and you get to the, to the plot and cut it off. Cut it off. And yeah. I was like, wow. Because mm-hmm. they don't get to see the end. They don't get to see the end. So, you know, they, those folks are great. And I, and I brought that up because they're part of the, uh, the process of grading too. And they top out every time. So they're a big part of our, our grade and, and everybody, Lowndes County, Hay Hire, Lake Park, all, all of the, the services that, that uh benefit from Lounge nine one one they they get that so um i just feel like they they deserve a lot of recognition for the job they do okay um i guess there's one more thing i guess i want to quickly um tap on before we get out of here today <laughs> but that is uh you guys are like always looking for new people at this point in time you we guys, are we are if i want to be a member of the valdosta fire department family what do I need to do? What does it take to 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 wear that uniform? <laughs> well, people can see um, what he's doing. <laughs> we're we're actually I'm getting close to to talking to uh, HR and opening that process up. You guys know we got a recruit school going on now. Um, we got a recruit school with with uh, got eleven people in it right mm-hmm. now, and and one from Moultrie, two from Quitman, so. Very proud of training staff, Captain Davis, and, and and everyone out there because other departments are trusting us with their people, mm-hmm. and uh, that I know lot. that's not what you asked, but um, so we, we have eight of those are ours. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking looking forward to opening that process up again, and and so that just watch our website and and Facebook. Yeah. And you get the packet; it tells you everything to do, and I recommend everybody do the practice test. We'll have a test day. Come out, you do the test on the computer, you find out how you did just right then. Take you over to the drill field and you can practice the uh, physical agility test or you can knock it out. I found out Ellie mm-hmm. Rodriguez, she's the one, you know, that, that made me go, hold on a minute. Uh, there, there's been others, but she was the one that, that they said, uh, she, she just smoked the test. <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't make sense to make her come back in and test, test you know, when she uh, just passed. Right. right. So right. if they come out on practice day and they do it within the and the, the thing time, about Ellie, she's like this tall. She's like <laughs> she's like barely yeah. five foot. Don't mess with her though. Yeah, but she's yeah. tough. As yeah, nice. yeah. Don't mess with her. So, uh, but I, I go, I, you know, we can streamline this process a little bit, and so she she kind of made me start thinking about that. So folks come out if they go ahead and knock out that physical agility test, they're done. Come back for an interview. If they struggle with something, we have staff on site to say, hey, this is what how you do it. This is what you do. And then we have them come back in about two weeks and test. And so once we get through that process and interview with the, with my command staff and, and fire suppression folks, then uh, we move forward and we do all the training here. So it's just like going to Georgia Fire Academy, being here. We have adjunct instructors and uh, you go to school here. 13, 14 weeks typically, mm-hmm. and uh, then you come on shift. Well, um, I think that's about all we have for you today. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for sitting, sitting down. I know you have an extremely busy schedule. <laughs> You've got your two phones sitting next to you. Um, but we appreciate everything that your department and does to serve the citizens of Valdosta. Yeah, thank you guys, too, because, you know, 
nobody would really know what we do or or how we do it unless they encounter us during an emergency but you guys this team here does a great job representing us on facebook and through podcasts and and uh youtube and and different videos so you guys tell our story so thank you very much for what you guys do oh oh sweet all right, well, that's it for now. Um, maybe next time we'll have the police chief on for the next podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Valdosta, and that's a wrap. Let's Talk Valdosta is a presentation of the City of Valdosta's communications team. You can download this episode and previous episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow the City of Valdosta's social media accounts to learn about future episodes.